Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. So what are we waiting for? Let's get started. Hey, girlfriends. Welcome to another episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. Today, we're talking about three doable health goals for 2016. Now, that keyword there is doable, because I don't know about you, but uh, we're about two weeks into this new year here, and I'm already sick of it. I'm sick of people having these lofty health goals. I'm sick of hearing about people's plans for weight loss on TV. I'm sick of people trying to sell me stuff so that I can eat healthier in the new year. And, you know, I just think we're kind of overwhelmed with that message at this time of year with the idea that we need to be taking better care of our bodies, which of course we do. I'm 100% on board with that goal. But the fact is, I think many of us set ourselves up for failure when it comes to setting lofty health goals. Um, I know I've done this myself for sure in the past. Um, Years ago, my husband and I both got way into P90X, which was fun. And it was great. And if you do it and it works for you, I think that's awesome. And, you know, we did it for a while. We did it for, I think, a full year that we were both fully committed to it. But that was overwhelming for me as a mom doing that program, which was an hour every day. Um, and not to mention the, the the dieting part of it too, which, you know, we were in great shape and we were super fit and super healthy. And that was actually a pretty good wake up call for me, um, physically speaking, to get more in touch with my body and become more conscious of taking care of my body, especially as a mom of many children. Um, so, you know, intense programs like that, I think they're great if they work for you. And I think they can be great tools for kind of waking you up out of a sleep sometimes. But if you're already, you know, setting reasonable goals for yourself or, you know, um, being involved in some form of exercise or, or being somewhat conscious of what you're eating, I think setting some doable health goals makes a little more sense, especially at this time of year where all of the deluge of information about health and fitness can be really overwhelming. So what I'm going to offer you today are three goals that anybody can do, whether you're super fit and you're super into fitness and and dieting and exercise, or if you don't exercise at all, never think about what you eat, but you know you should maybe make some steps in the right direction. So you know, why is it so hard? Why do we find this so hard? And, um, you know, I've thought about this. And I, I came to the conclusion, you know, of course, we live in a privileged society. People who are just struggling to survive, they aren't worried about their health and fitness. They're probably working physically, they're happy to get whatever they have to eat and not counting carbs. So um, it's a privilege to have these kinds of worries and concerns. And so I think it's important that we keep that in mind as we're setting these goals for ourselves, as we're tempted to beat ourselves up for falling short, that it's a privilege to worry about these things and have stress or anxiety about these things. So let's try not to take ourselves too seriously and recognize at the start well, it's hard to do these things because it's not fun. It kind of goes against our, our human nature, our natural inclinations toward laziness or overindulgence. And, you know, we're, we're not perfect beings. We've, we've got that inclination toward sinful habits. So that's what we're attempting to overcome here. So, you know, when we're, we're looking to, to limit our, our pleasures, whether it's with food or um, with lying around in ways that seem pleasurable. So, you know, that's the number one thing that the, the first doable health goal that I'm going to say that every person can set for your themselves in 2016. And that's to make a conscious effort to change your idea 
of what is pleasurable. And that doesn't mean you deny that chocolate is wonderful, because of course it is. That doesn't mean you deny the fact that it feels really good to put your feet up at the end of the day and, and sit on the couch and, and watch a movie and have a drink or something like that. That's that's fine. But I think we've come to a point where we we identify certain things as pleasures to the exclusion of other things that are also pleasant, but in different ways. Um, and, you know, we can be reasonable about the ways in which we do this. And, and part of the point here is to make that conscious effort. I'm, I'm encouraging you to make a conscious effort to change your idea or expand your idea of what's pleasurable. What's a treat for you? What What feels good? What makes you happy? What makes you feel good about yourself? It might seem pleasant to spend an entire afternoon lying on the couch watching television, but how many of us who've done that feel like it's pleasant at the end of it? Or it might feel pleasant to sit down and devour an entire bag of potato chips or a giant bowl of ice cream, but does that feel pleasant at the end when when it's all said and done? Like, you know, a half hour later, are you thrilled that you did that? Are you still enjoying that? Is it still pleasurable? It's really not, actually, right? I mean, if we're going to be honest with ourselves, we have to admit that it's actually kind of unpleasant, kind of, you know, feeling, not just because of guilt, because we feel like we shouldn't have done it, but physically, it feels gross. I mean, I know I've done this to myself in the past, where you just overindulge in something, whether it's through lack of exercise or or through eating too much of a food that's not good for you, or, um, you know, especially those of us coming off the holidays right now, a lot of us are experiencing that in different ways in our lives. So, So ultimately, yeah, it's pleasant, like a potato chip tastes good, or ice cream tastes good, or, um, you know, relaxing on the couch feels good. But when you do too much of it, it kind of lacks that pleasure at the end. And certainly in retrospect, it does. So it also feels good to get up and move. It also feels good to, you know, feed your body healthy foods. Um, You know, I think we've all experienced, especially during holiday seasons where there's a lot of sugar and carbs and stuff around that we can overindulge in, that we, it feels like all of a sudden you think, gosh, I'm I'm really craving, you know, a turkey sandwich right now, something that's going to be real food and real protein or something with fiber that I can feed my body. Like your body knows what it needs, and it's going to tell you what it needs. Eventually, it'll get that message through to you. So, you know, recognizing that it can feel good to to eat a balanced, healthy diet, recognizing that it can be pleasant and pleasurable to take part in exercise. And and I get it, because, you know, there were years of my life where I was not exercising regularly at all. Um, And especially as a mom, it's easy to feel like you don't have time for that. And, you know, honestly, many of us don't. So I'm not encouraging you, you have to take on, you know, a marathon training program or something like that. But just, you know, change your, shift your thinking, you know, when you're, when you're feeling a little, a little down, or you're looking for a pick me up in the afternoon, you really need a chocolate chip cookie, or maybe you should take a walk outside. Or, um, you know, when you're, you're tired at the end of the day, do you, you really need to, you know, lie on the couch and not move? Or or do you meet, need to, you know, make something on the healthy side for your dinner and enjoy something that's going to take care of your body and feed your body what it needs to be healthy? So, um, th- so that's the first doable goal that I'd like for us to set for ourselves in 2016. And that's making a conscious effort to change your idea of what's pleasurable. That doesn't mean saying things that are pleasurable aren't because it's important to recognize, you know, that things are pleasant, but just, you know, recognizing that overindulging in them turns them into unpleasant things. Um, I did this recently. Um, My husband, Dan, and I, we really like Chinese food and he went out and got some shortly um, after Christmas. And it was late at night that he picked it up and I ate 
way too much of that stuff way too late at night. And it seemed great at the time, but then I went to bed, of course, woke up like a half hour after falling asleep and just lay there feeling so gross, so disgusting, so fat. I'm sure, you know, physically I didn't look any different than I did the day before, but I just felt so miserably disgusting. And that's that's not to say that we need to loathe our bodies, but it's like be conscious of what you're doing to yourself and how it actually feels. Be honest with yourself about how it feels. We, we have a tendency when we overindulge to turn things that are, are pleasant, that are nice and pleasant, and we can enjoy them in moderation, into unpleasant things, things that will make us sick, things that make us feel terrible afterwards. So learning that sense of moderation and learning to listen to your body and what it actually needs, it will tell you. It will tell you what you need. It will tell you what it's craving in order to be healthy and kind of work on shifting your, your thinking a little bit there and expand your idea of what's pleasant what you will enjoy and what your body will will tell you that feels good. So the second doable goal that I want to talk about today is limit something. Now, I'm not going to tell you what your something is. You know what your something is that you need to limit, that you should limit in your life. And some of those I've already mentioned, the ice cream, the potato chips, the drinks, whatever it is, chocolate, wine, beer, sugary coffee drinks, runs through the drive-thru, Limit something that you know that you're overindulging in. And I'm purposely saying limit, not cut it out, because um, I think psychologically that makes a huge difference in our lives. Um, And you can decide how you limit it. Um, I know some people really enjoy certain kinds of treats, whether it be like, you know, having something sweet in the afternoon. I, I have a couple of friends who really tend toward that. They just want a Snickers bar or whatever it is. And I think it's okay to tell yourself, I can have that, but um, that's going to be something that I enjoy on the weekends or only on a Sunday or whatever it is, that you're not telling yourself you can't ever have it because I think that sets up a a bad kind of uh, game that you can play with yourself in your mind. Oh, I can never have another Snickers bar. I'm so deprived. And, um, you know, don't do that to yourself, you know, just that to to limit something, you know, relegate it to a, a certain amount of a certain day of the week or, you know, whatever it is, you know what, what you're indulging in too much and what would be a reasonable limit to set on it. Now that said, talking about the importance of limiting as opposed to going cold turkey, I know some people do need to go cold turkey on certain things. If there's something in in your life that you really feel like has control over you, that you're addicted to, or something that you feel like you can't control, um, you know, if if you have a a little bit, you have to have a lot. Um, I think, you know, we've all experienced that in different ways in our lives. And if if there's something like that in your life, then maybe what you do need to do is go cold turkey, at least for a little while. Um, I've experienced the benefits of doing that in my own life. Um, I want to say maybe 10 years ago when low carb was um, still pretty popular. And I know some people still use that diet and enjoy it. Uh, My husband was way into it. And I went along with him and kind of ended up eating low carb almost accidentally just because I was preparing meals for him. And it just it just made things easier for us to eat together. And what I found by completely cutting sugar out of my diet was first of all, I didn't realize just how much sugar I was eating because that was an eye opener right there. And um, then second of all, cutting it out altogether kind of reset my metabolism in some way or reprogrammed my body chemistry in a way that I didn't feel like after after a short while of doing that, I didn't feel like I needed it. Like I didn't crave it and uh, didn't feel like I needed that to balance myself out in in the same way at all. Like it, it was really helpful to me to just cut it out 
all together. And then after having done that for a while, it, it gave me the perspective and, and the point of view from which I could begin to have a little bit of sugar. And I would recognize at that point the effect that it had on my body, even in small amounts. And I could appreciate that, you know, that in recognizing that it's okay in moderation after a certain point, it, it doesn't feel so good or it has this detrimental effect on me physically, that you couldn't, you can't feel that when you're eating almost nothing but sugar in the form of, you know, processed white flours and, um, you know, just sugary carbs all the time, which is basically what I was doing. And um, so I think there are certain times and places and situations in which you will know that maybe this is something you need to go cold turkey on for a little while to cut it out um, altogether. I have a friend who told me once she lost a, a good deal of weight a few years ago, and she told me that her secret was in figuring out that she couldn't, she couldn't even have just one cookie. She said, if I have one cookie, I'm eating the entire box. So in recognizing that about herself and then setting the limit, okay, then no cookie so that I'm not going to eat the entire box. She set herself up to, to develop new habits and new ways of feeding herself and caring for her body so that in the future, yeah, she could maybe have one cookie. Um, you know, it's not like you're saying you're not going to have it forever. So that's number two, limit something and you know what your something is, okay? I'm not going to tell you what it is. You think about it. You know what your your something is. So that's a doable health goal for anybody in 2016. So number three for a doable health goal is try something new. Now, I'm terrified of Zumba, okay? There, I admitted it. This will not be the year I try Zumba. I just... I see those people doing that stuff and that is not a way that my body moves, okay? <laughs> I'm not doing it. So you don't have to go that far outside your comfort zone. I'm not doing it, okay? But you can find something new to insert in your, your fitness routine, the kinds of exercises you might be doing. We all get into routines and we get into ruts and I think that when we get bored, that's when we're in the greatest danger of just abandoning it altogether because if you're always doing the exercise bike or if you know always do this this certain machine at the gym or whatever it is it can feel good to kind of get in that routine and and it becomes second nature you don't have to think about it too much but then your brain gets bored your body gets bored you begin dreading those workouts just because it feels like drudgery to you so I think there's a lot to be said for injecting something new into what your health routine is, um, especially with regard to fitness, that you don't have to go, I promise you, I'm not going to make you do Zumba. Or if you want to, that's great. And if it's available to you and you're interested in trying out something like that, I think that's wonderful. Something that I did recently that certainly was not going outside my comfort zone, but um, was nonetheless... um, kind of mixing up my routine a little bit was I began walking. And yeah, woo, wow, really, really mixing things up, Danielle, you're going to go walking for your exercise. But yeah, I mean, I was regularly running, and I still do run regularly. And I had just, I never was attracted to the idea of walking for exercise. I knew lots of friends that did it. um, But when I would go to do it, I'm just super impatient. I would think to myself, why would I walk when I could be running and I would be done with this in half the time? (laughs) So, um, I, I, so I was limited in that way. But one thing that made it interesting for me to go walking was that I had some friends who were walking that we could walk with and friends who would never go running with me will go walking with me. And I have friends who walk great distances at a pretty, pretty, 
uh, speedy pace. So it really was a challenge for me. And um, I would get out of breath when I would go walking with them, but also get caught up with a friend and the time would go by super fast. And um, here's the funny thing. I thought, you know, being prideful runner, I was like, oh, I can easily run five miles, so I can walk five miles with my girlfriend and it's going to be super easy. Well, it wasn't that hard to do it in the moment, but the next day I was super sore. Like every muscle I thought in my legs were super sore because apparently you use a different set of muscles walking and running. Who knew, right? I mean, so, but what that made me realize is that's a really nice balancing activity then, you know, if I'm, if I'm running some and I'm walking some, that's probably really good for avoiding um, injuries in my legs by making a balance between the different kinds of muscles that I'm using and I'm working out. So yeah, maybe you're going to do something as wild and crazy as Danielle and you're going to walk in 2016, whatever, whatever it takes. But I think it's um, important that you you make a commitment to try something new that whatever it would be, maybe it's going to be walking. Maybe it will be running. If you're a walker, maybe it will be riding a bike. And um, one thing that I found was nice about the walking was not just the, the social aspect of it, but the fact that the social aspect of it made me commit that, you know, I would set up these appointments with different women to go walking and I wouldn't, I wouldn't bow out of it. You know, at the last minute, I wouldn't make excuses. I would show up because we were, we had committed to doing it that day. The other thing is that it gets you outdoors. And if you live in a cold climate, we live here in the lakes region of New Hampshire, where it gets bitterly cold and we get, you know, feet and feet of snow every winter. And getting outside can be a huge huge help to boost your mood, to just give you a change of pace in your day and getting out in the daylight, breathing some fresh air, make a world of difference in your day, even if it's just for a half hour or so, just walking outside. So if you live in a cold climate, I know it's hard to get outside and get the exercise that you need, but that introduces new ways that you can, um, you know, explore some ideas for keeping yourself fit, for ideas for keeping yourself moving through the winter months. So you might get a walking buddy, one of my walking buddies and I are talking about getting some snowshoes. So I'll have to let you know how that goes. We've got some great trails around in our neighborhood. So um, I look forward to maybe trying that. I certainly have never done that before. And just the idea that it's novel will will make it interesting and something that will be appealing and attractive to me to try something new that's going to keep me moving through the winter. So, um, and if you're stuck inside, that's okay too. You can still try new things. Um, You know, if you belong to a gym, it's easy to try something new. There's different equipment there. You can ask somebody who works there to introduce you to something new, or you could take a class there. Even if you don't belong to a gym, though, if um, if you are a member of Amazon Prime, there's a bunch of exercise videos on there. You can browse through and you can watch them and check them out for you know totally for free and try something new that way. Or there's even stuff on YouTube. If you don't want to have to spend any money at all, you can go on YouTube and search different kinds of fitness routines and there's all kinds of stuff out there. So you can find something new that will appeal to you. And I think we can all make that commitment to try something new, whatever it is, in 2016. So those are my three doable health goals for 2016. Something I, Some things that I think we can all take on. First of all, making a conscious effort to expand your idea of what is pleasurable, what things you enjoy. Number two, limit something and you know what your something is. Don't tell me about it. Tell yourself about it and just do it. And then number three, 
commit to trying something new. So I hope that these work out for you. I hope that you'll commit to doing them with me and I'll be checking back in on these health goals in a few weeks. So if you want to share with me some of your feedback, I would love to hear how your fitness goals are going. Or if you have some new ones to offer, I'd love to be able to um, share them with other listeners. So enjoy. And here's to a healthier, doable 2016. And speaking of healthy goals, one of my personal goals is to be more like the awesome Teresa Tomio when I grow up. And guess what? Teresa Tomio is here on the show today. We're so excited that she's here with us on Girlfriends. Take a listen. Hey, Girlfriends. Who are we talking to this week? It's time for an interview. Hello and welcome. This is a great day for the Girlfriends Podcast because we have here with us Teresa Tomio, the one and only. Now, Teresa Tomio is an author, a syndicated Catholic talk show host, and a motivational speaker with more than 30 years of experience in TV, radio, and newspaper. Teresa hosts Catholic Connection, a weekday morning show on Ave Maria Radio, and she's co-host of EWTN's television talk show, The Catholic View for Women. Her most recent book is Intimate Graces, How Practicing the Works of Mercy Brings Out the Best in Marriage, co-authored with her amazing husband, Dominic. Welcome to Girlfriends, Teresa. I'm so glad you're here. Well, thank you, Girlfriend. It's good to talk to you again. (laughs) Yeah. You know, when I'm thinking about guests on Girlfriends, I definitely got to talk to my girlfriend, T. There you go. There you go. Happy uh, happy New Year and all that good stuff to you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is great. And I'm so thrilled you're part of this new project of mine because really, you know, this this podcast is about connecting women with other women. And you're one of the people who does that, I think, really well, having spoken with you at a few different conferences and met up with you a number of different places. I, I know that you're, you're, your heart is right at where the heart of this show is. So I'm so yeah, glad you're a part of I, it. I really think it's a great idea what you're doing, because unfortunately, in the secular world, a lot of what you're promoting has been lost because women have become so competitive and they, they see each other as an enemy and not as a sister. And so I think it's beautiful what you're trying to do here. So thanks for doing it. Oh, absolutely. And thanks for being a part of it. So let's get started with some of our, our usual questions that we ask here on Girlfriends. The first one, Teresa, please, can you tell us about a time any time in your life when you felt like you really triumphed, like when did you really first ever feel a sense of accomplishment, whether it was with your writing, with your travels, or in your personal life as a wife or a friend? Well, I think there's probably two aspects to that. I, I first felt a lot of um, accomplishment and success when I was in the secular media. I was blessed to have a very long and successful career. You, know, you said I've been in the media over 30 years. It's kind of scary when I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> really I was it's thinking like, that. Oh, I was like, she's brave to have that number in her bio. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, what the heck? Once you hit 50, it's you know no big deal it's anymore. It's the truth, right? <laughs> yeah, but I think probably when I was when I made it onto television news, which was back in 19, I think it was 1980. Seven mm-hmm. eighty eight. when I first started in TV news, I'd worked in radio. I graduated from college in 1981 and then was working successfully in radio and then made the crossover to TV. So I kind of felt that was my first accomplishment. But then I really think um, in terms of not so much a professional accomplishment, but finally getting my life in order, not that we're not all a work in progress, but understanding the real priorities didn't happen until I had my real reversion to the church. And that was over 23 years ago. So mm-hmm. um, it's a combination of things. I'm grateful for the, the success that I had in the secular media and the secular world, because it enables me to do what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. But um, I really realize 
that the most important thing I ever did was um, recommit myself to Christ and, and to heal my marriage. Beautiful. Yeah, I know you share beautifully about that in some of your talks. So anybody out there who's looking for a speaker to come to your parish or your women's group or your event, uh, Teresa shares so beautifully about her personal conversion story. So that's something you'll definitely want to consider. Um, so great. That's, a, a, I mean, amazing. I mean, that's the only triumph that really matters is that reconnection right. with Christ and Absolutely. Um, coming back to terms with your faith. Um, okay. Now, um, a less exciting, perhaps, for you to share. <laughs> I want to know about a mistake you once made. Can you share, it, either professionally or personally, it could even be something funny, um, a mistake that you once made, and what did you learn from that mistake? Oh, wow. Um, there's too many to fill in. <laughs> <laughs> Well, again, I think, it, it, you know, without getting too specific, and I mean, I've had a lot of embarrassing moments on television when I was in the secular media, but I think probably the biggest mistake I made, uh, and I talk about this in my books too, and, you know, I'm praying about this interview and thinking about um, how I was going to talk about this. I think the biggest mistake I made was buying into the lies of the world, and I and I did that for so many years. I, I bought it for hook, line, and sinker, and I believed much of what much of what my industry was selling in terms of you know the sexual uh, revolution, mm-hmm. birth control, all those things. You know, pr- had a pro-choice mentality. So when I came back to the church, God really had a huge project on his hands because I, I was I was totally lost in the secular world. So I think what what I'm embarrassed about is the fact that I wasn't smart enough or at least open enough to realize that the industry, I, I considered myself such a good journalist, you know, always trying to, to dig and get the story and get the facts. Right. And yet there I was in the midst of this media that was selling the public on a bill of goods. And I wasn't even willing to stop and look and investigate. I just accepted everything hook, line and sinker. So I think that's probably the, the biggest mistake. And it's pretty embarrassing considering that I, in the media, I was trained as an investigative reporter and then I didn't question anything. But I learned my lesson, thank God. Yes, and we're all benefiting from you having learned that lesson. So that's that's great. Thank you for sharing that. Um, okay, moving on. And, and I'm hoping the answer to this question is going to involve your mom, Rosie. Okay. Oh, please. I just talked to her a little while ago, so oh. it'll, be, it'll be interesting. Okay, great. So what's the best advice you have ever received? Who gave it to you and how do you try to implement it? Well, I have to, well, several people, but I have to look at my mom because she mm-hmm. is, um, she'll be 90 years old in May, God bless her. And she is just a hoot and a half. And one thing she always told me, and this is funny, but it's so true. And it really helps you in your perspective. She told me when I was growing up and the first time she said it to me was right before I went out on a date. I kid you not. The blessed mother is watching you. <laughs> so try to do something, you know, uh, not too honest or something or, or try to do something that's not too ethical on a date when you have that in your head. The blessed mother is watching you. But thinking about it with the big picture is having that in your mind that the Blessed Mother and, of course, the Lord is watching us. Mm-hmm. It's just like, remember those old bracelets a couple of years ago that said, what would Jesus do when right. everybody was wearing them? That is really, really good advice. And it sticks with me in terms of, okay, you know, would I be able to sit in front of the Lord and say that I did this, that, or the other thing, whether it's an adoration or in prayer, or how is, you know, my mother Mary seeing me when I'm acting this way or the other way? And it just happened to me the other day, I was actually in the supermarket and I was in such a hurry to get out of there beside a dinner party I had to prepare for. And there is a sweet little old lady in front of me. And she was just taking her time, taking every piece of every item. And she was in the, we were in the express lane nonetheless. So this was, you know, and she's taking everything slowly and she's talking and she was so sweet. She kept apologizing for taking a long time. And I'm thinking, okay, this is a, this is a lesson in humility and patience and God is mm-hmm. watching me and how am I going to react? So I ended up having this adorable conversation with her. She was Greek. She spoke in um, broken English and we were talking about the combination of Greek 
Mexican Italian food. And it was just wow. really delightful. So, you know, having that in my head, always hearing my mother's voice and she's, you know, as I said, she's, she's going to be 90. And so I talked to her all the time and she consistently reminds me of that, but having that in my mind, that advice that the blessed mother is watching us mm-hmm. has been, I think a really a, a big help for me over the years. That's beautiful. I love that. What a gift from your mom to you. And, um, you know, and I think that it's, it's wonderful that you're sharing something from your mom, Rosie, who you share a lot of funny stories about, and she's just a hoot. I, I love everything I hear about her. Um, but just that, what that really emphasizes is the value of motherhood and how yes. you've, you've held yes. on to that through the years and now you're using it in your own life, mothering other people with that same advice and, and that same beautiful perspective. So what a gift to the world. And that's exactly what God means for every woman to be. So that's a beautiful, beautiful story that you just shared. I'll tell Thank Rosie you. you said so. Yes, please do. I, <laughs> my, my goal is to meet her. So. <laughs> well, you know, if you're ever feeling too confident, I know you're very humble and you do such great work. And I know your kids probably keep a good job, do a good job of keeping you humble. That's what moms always tell me. But if you're ever feeling a little bit overly confident, just I'll, I'll put Rosie on the phone. <laughs> That'll be good. She give can... you the Italian Catholic guilt. You'll be you'll be fine after that. Knock me back into place. That's good. We all need a Rosie in our lives. So yeah. <laughs> that's great. So love to your mom. Um, okay. So next question. What's something? Now this is going to be a hard one to answer because your life has been an open book. <laughs> but what is something <laughs> that people might be surprised to find out about you, Teresa Tomio? Gee, what would be they be surprised? Um, that as as tough as I am and as outgoing as I am, I also um, am extremely emotional. And um, my husband says I cry at mall openings. Uh, <laughs> I'm a very, very emotional person. Mm-hmm. And um, let's see. Well, I am a doll collector. I've been a doll collector since I was 10 years old. No and way. I there's this little kid in me, you know, I don't think a part of me has ever grown up. And so I've been collecting dolls since I was 10 and I have dolls from, from all over the world, especially of course, my favorite place in the world, Italy. And I just, I just love them. I, wow. I just love them. Yeah. Oh, you got to mm-hmm. post some of those on Facebook. I need to see this doll collection. I, will. I actually, I, I plan on doing that because the collection, my husband says we're going to have to, you know, um, either put the put the dolls in the garage or move to a different house sometime soon. Because- <laughs> The, the long-suffering Dominic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, That's good for his diaconate, though, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Offer it up. Yes. <laughs> okay, great. Um, okay, here's one. And um, this is probably going to have something to do with your conversion. But if you could go back in time and have a conversation with yourself 15 years ago, what would you tell yourself? Um, I would tell my 15 years ago, let's see, that's when I just started, um, mm-hmm. in Catholic media. So, um, cause I'll, it'll be almost 16 years coming up, um, in November of, uh, December of 2016, it'll be 14 years, 15 years in 14 years in Ave Maria radio, but 16 years in, in, um, Catholic media in general, I would say, um, hold on, it's going to be a fantastic ride. Because when I was first starting, I didn't know what to expect. And I was like, okay, Lord, I give it to you. But at the same time, I was a little bit apprehensive. Mm-hmm. But looking back now, God has taken my ministry, and it's his ministry, but he has taken this in such a, a direction that I never expected. I never expected to be on EW10 television. I never expected even to be on Catholic radio. I didn't even know that Catholic media existed, you know, 25 years ago. Sure. Um, so I would just say, I would tell myself, just hang on for the ride. It's going to be a great one and not be so nervous and apprehensive about things. Beautiful. Yeah. And that's advice I think we all need to hear sometimes, especially when we're starting something new and a little bit scary. Right. So yeah, excellent. Okay. Well, look, before we run out of time, we got to get to our lightning round with Teresa Tommy. We've got to put her in the okay. hot seat for 60 seconds. Uh-oh. <laughs> Teresa, are you ready for ready. 60 seconds of a girlfriend's okay. lightning round? Okay. Our 
Here we go. One, two, three. What is one thing we will always find in your purse? Lipstick. Oh, I knew it. <laughs> no surprise. All right. Speaking of lipstick and accessories, you always have the best accessories. But if you had to give up buying new shoes or drinking wine for one year, which one could you do without? Uh, probably buying new shoes. Okay. <laughs> I was hoping you'd say that because you're a lot of fun to drink wine with. <laughs> okay. What was the last movie you saw? And was it thumbs up or thumbs down? Last movie I saw. Um, oh, um, it was actually thumbs up. It was The Woman in Gold. And I can't remember the name of the actress, but it's a true story. It's about a woman who um, was uh, from Germany. She was Jewish. And she came here and tried to reclaim. And she actually uh, won the battle to win some of the artwork that had been stolen from her family in World War II. Oh. Wow. And gosh, oh, Helen Mirren was the actress. Really, really good movie. Beautifully Excellent. Done. Yeah, so okay. thumbs up. Thumbs up from yeah. Teresa. Okay, one last question we can squeeze in. Years from now, St. Teresa Tomio will be the patron saint of what? Patron saint of all things Italian. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Especially pilgrimages to Italy because it's my favorite place in the world. Awesome. Italy. Well, you survived. Great job. Thanks for taking part in that girlfriend's lightning round. But before we say goodbye, can you tell us about something that you're working on now? What new thing are you excited to share with us? Oh, well, this is so funny that you should ask me to be on an interview for your podcast on girlfriends because I have a brand new book coming out in June from Word Among Us called Girlfriends and Other Saints Companions on My Journey of Faith. Awesome. Can you <laughs> I can't wait to read that book. That sounds yep. perfect. Isn't that fun? Excellent. So yeah, that'll be coming out in June. Yeah. All right, great. So you can follow Teresa Tomio on Facebook. That's a great way to keep up with all the awesome things she's doing or go to TeresaTomio.com to find out everything that she's involved in and get all the updates on her book publishing. So um, you'll want to go there and check that out. Thank you for coming on Girlfriends, Teresa Tomio. And thank you for the inspiring example that you set for all of us and all that you do. Well, right back at you, sister. You amazed me with, with your work and your beautiful family, how you do it. I mean, I can barely keep my head on straight and my husband and I don't have any children. And you have this huge, <laughs> adorable, beautiful family and you always look gorgeous and you get so much done. I don't know how you do it. Oh, this is why you are my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, Teresa Tomio. God bless you. All right, we'll talk to you on the radio. Bye, Danielle. Bye-bye now. Okay. How can you not just love Teresa Tomio? What a joy she is to talk to and what great work she's doing for women everywhere inside of the church and out of it. So if you're not familiar with her, I hope you enjoyed the interview a little bit and you'll check out some of her books, check out her radio, um, check out all the projects that she's involved in, her pilgrimages to Italy. She's always got something going on. She's creative and wonderful. And I'm so honored that she spent some time with us here at Girlfriends. Well, guess what? It's time for a Girlfriends shout out. Yes, it's that time. We're going to recognize somebody doing good things, um, whether it's somebody you know or somebody in the media. This is a spot on Girlfriends where we try to highlight something good that one of our girlfriends is out doing in the world, some success that one of us has accomplished. And this week's Girlfriends shout out is going out to Annie Mitchell. Now, Annie Mitchell, some of you might be familiar with her. She's one of the co-hosts on the Sunrise Morning Show, along with Matt Swaim on Sacred Heart Radio that comes out of Cincinnati. But it's also picked up on EWTN, so you can hear that lots of different places. 
Annie Mitchell is a young mom and she just celebrated a birthday. So I've been praying for her in a special way. And really what I appreciate most about Annie is that through the years in, you know, as a young single woman and then when she got married and then as she had a baby and was still working, that she's been such a faithful voice for women and families in the media all over the world. I mean, she's just that faithful presence and that 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 constant reminder of our dignity and worth as women. She speaks beautifully about these things. She writes beautifully about these things. She's been a contributor to Catholic Digest. So she really is just a blessing in the media. So I really just wanted to give her this week's shout out. So Annie, I hope you're listening. This week's shout out is for you. Way to go. You are my hero. This shout out's for you, girlfriend. So great job, Annie Mitchell, for all that you do being a voice for women in Catholic radio today. We love you and we appreciate you. We are grateful for your presence. Now you might know of somebody who deserves a shout out. You might deserve a shout out yourself. So if you know of somebody or if you yourself have succeeded, even in some small way, like we shared last week about the the person who was sharing about how giving up Facebook had given her new perspective on her life. Um, if you've experienced some small success like that, tell me about it. And we want to give you a shout out here on Girlfriends. Or if you know of somebody in your personal life or in public life that you think deserves a girlfriend shout out, let me know that too. Email me at danielle at daniellebean.com. Because this is where we give girlfriends the recognition they deserve. But now, that's enough applause, because we've got to earn that applause. And you know how we earn it? With our weekly challenge. Listen up, girlfriends. It's time for the weekly challenge. We got this. So each week I share with you a challenge that's based on the theme of the topic that we've taken up here during our time together at Girlfriends. And so this week's challenge is going to be based on the theme of our three doable healthy goals for the new year. So your challenge is this simple. This week, I want you to think about the three different points that we talked about at the beginning of the show, which were... First of all, making a conscious effort to change or expand your idea of what you enjoy and what is pleasurable to you. Um, Number two, limiting something, whatever the thing is that you know you need to limit in your life, limiting something in your life. And then number three, trying something new with regard to health and fitness. So take those three different goals, think about them, come up with what you're going to do for each of them. And then here's the challenge, share it with somebody. You can email it to me. You can tell your mom about it. You can call your girlfriend about it. You can tell your husband about it. You can tell your kids about it. Just share what those goals are because that's when goals really become real and we start to be held accountable for them. We start to feel like there's something we actually need to live up to is when we share them with somebody else. So that's an easy challenge, right? We can do that. Um, So take that on this week and I'm going to be doing the same and I hope that you will let me know how this weekly challenge goes for you and we can share more about it on a future podcast. We got this. Yeah, we definitely got this, but what we don't got is more time. It's time to wrap up for this week. And so I just want to thank you for being here, for spending some time with me here at Girlfriends this week. 
I'm really enjoying working on this project and I hope you'll let me know how I'm doing. I know I'm not perfect at it yet and I'm learning as I'm doing. It's a very humbling process and I would love any feedback that you can give me to help me shape this podcast into something that's going to be good and useful and a positive influence in your life. So give me your feedback at danielle at daniellebean.com. You can find this week's show notes at daniellebean.com with lots of different links having to do with this topic as well as ways to get in contact with me. You can even leave voice feedback right there online. Don't need any fancy equipment to accomplish it. I'd love it if you did that. Then you could hear your own voice here at Girlfriends. I want as many women's voices to be a part of this podcast as possible. So thank you for being here. Please check us out on iTunes. We're now officially in the iTunes store where you can subscribe, rate, and review Girlfriends. As this is a new podcast, every little bit helps to get the word out. And the more people subscribe, rate, and review Girlfriends, the more people will get to hear about us. And it'll be easier for other women to find Girlfriends and make it a part of their daily lives. I just want you to know that I'm honored by the time you entrust to me by spending some of your day here at Girlfriends. I'm grateful for your presence here, and I want to earn your trust by producing quality content that will help you to know your worth as a woman and find your joy in family living. Until next week, I hope you'll enjoy your day, and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a Danielle Bean production. Know your worth. Find your joy.